Normals is sitting on the dryer. People like us, we don't get normal. There's nothing wrong with normal. We're just aiming for extraordinary. If you want to get the unnormal, you have to do the We're back with another episode of The Unnormal Show. I'm Claire. I'm Sam. And you are unnormal. Welcome to the fam. We're happy to have you. And today, as always, it is our job to give you an inside look into the road less traveled to keep you feeling great, living big, and kicking ass. Oh, yeah. We got that. It's feeling smooth. We got that. Now, if you're a longtime listener of The Unnormal Show, you know that no unnormal show is started without the simultaneous sip. Although we have attempted to start shows without this in the past, we're not going to. Nope. And if you haven't joined us in the simultaneous sip yet, I would just encourage you. Now's your chance. Now's the time. Grab a mug. This is the greatest dopamine hit of the day. Fill it with your favorite beverage. We like chaga tea, and join us. Nothing hits the Mm. spot quite like it. The simultaneous sip. Mm. You feel that? I feel it. Yeah. In my bones. The simultaneous sip. Feels great. It's got a very distinct feeling. Okay, now we can get into our question. Connie asks, how does spirituality show up in your lives? Mm. Holy smokes. What a question. What a question. This is loaded. I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, especially for us. Especially. For me, I think it's useful to first start with how we define spirituality. Because it's such a sticky word. Like everyone... You get asked 10 different people what spirituality means and get 10 different answers. And I think for that reason, some people try and stay away from the word. Mm -hmm. For me, in its simplest form, I think that spirituality is recognizing that you are a part of the whole. You're a part of something bigger. And I think that for me, that really helps with how I relate to other people. I Mm. often see other people as my own self living a different life. And I think that having a spiritual lens to see life through is really, really helpful in connecting with people. Yeah. I'd say for me, spirituality is in its simplest form, a belief in something greater than you Mm -hmm. that helps you feel overwhelmingly better about life in general. Right whether that is a belief in God, whether that is a belief in all human beings being connected through love. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is a belief in something that makes you feel better about life. Mm-hmm. And how does that show up for you? Like, what's the biggest benefit that you get from For me, the biggest that? benefit... With spirituality in general, I'd say is just being able to, like you said, like connect with people better, but also to feel like there is a a greater purpose to being here. Mm -hmm. And on the kind of the total opposite end of the spectrum to just take things a little more lightly. Right. Like 
if I mess up or if I say the wrong thing, like at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter that much because mm-hmm. there's this whole bigger, cooler thing happening bigger than just my tiny little body here on the earth. Right. It's kind of like in a previous episode when we talked about when you're up to something big, you don't mm-hmm. have the mental space to care about something really small, like someone messing up your coffee. Right. And I think the same principle applies to this. When you recognize that you're a spoke in the wheel, a spoke in the greater wheel, or a piece uh-huh. of the bigger picture, you tend to not get as stuck in the small day-to-day frustrations that you might otherwise Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, it's just an openness to what could be. And this, I think, is where I feel like the way I view spirituality has shifted from when I was younger. I feel like I have a much more open mind now to right. all of the different ways that it can be for people. Um, I definitely, for those listening, I grew up super Christian, like pretty standard, went to the Christian summer camps, went to church with my family, um, believed in one very straight line path of like what God is and how God works through our lives. And to clarify, I don't think any of that is wrong. And I don't like, I loved that for my childhood and to have that family and that sense of like bonding with my family like I loved that growing up I was all about it I was always you know wanting to encourage my family to go to church and so I think even from a young age spirituality was always um, something that I was drawn to and as a kid that was just like the way that it showed up for me was Mm -hmm. through church and through Christianity and along the way I think I definitely still enjoyed church in the very like traditional sense of religion, but there did come a point where it started to shift and where I started to think like, I definitely still believe in God. I don't know for sure that it has to be in this specific way. Mm -hmm. And so... When was that? Probably like towards the end of college. Yeah. Like fourth year? uh, Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a specific day you woke no, up and you're I like, wait a sec, a something's awakening. off here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, I think it's important when things, whether it's religion, whether it's a relationship, whether it is your job, when things stop landing for you in the same way that they used to, to instead of force yourself back into that box and say like but this is the way I've always loved it this Mm -hmm. is the way it's supposed to be to to give yourself that room that wiggle room to grow and to shift and to morph and find new ways that you know you can live the way you need to live Mm -hmm. um I think that an interesting piece about that too is I think that's that that's somewhere where people often have huge identity crises Mm -hmm when you've grown up with a certain belief system and then you've had some experience or you've had some conversation or relationship that's completely altered pretty much your foundational identity that you've used to create your entire life with so far. Mm -hmm. So I think these ability to be flexible with your, your belief systems that you're using on a daily basis is really useful Mm -hmm. for that exact reason. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is 
that that shift for me, it's not that things got more complicated, it's that they actually got simpler. Hmm. Like through meditation, I think that was a huge piece for me is like, actually, I, I think God is right here with my breath. Mm-hmm. It's not this massive being with kind of the, like human features and human personality traits watching over us. Right. And like judging us. I think it's the creative energy that's here. Yeah, right it's now. the it's the energy that's here. It's the life force that's inside me. It's the tree blowing outside my window. It's mm-hmm. the like AC unit turning on. Like like really simple stuff. Spirituality found Spirituality. in a, in an HVAC system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where the shift was for me. Was and simplifying it all. Mm-hmm. For me, we had very different upbringings. Yeah. So growing up <laughs> on Vancouver Island in BC, I went to Christian summer camp. I went to Christmas mass now and then with my family. But let's be real. I went to Christian summer camp because those were the best summer camps to go to. <laughs> they were. They were yeah, so fun. That's... that's uh, I think it's part of the, their lead gen strategy. Mm. <laughs> Make okay. sure you have the okay, best Mr. summer camps. <laughs> Make sure you have the best summer camps, and then you have the most people coming into this religion. Um, yeah, so like I, I had some experiences with Christianity growing up. Um, if you asked twelve year old Sam, "Are you a Christian?" I would have said yes, but more so because I was afraid to go to hell if I said no, because um, that's kind of what they taught us in summer camp. Um, I wouldn't really say that I grew up with a traditional Christian background. For me, spirituality, I really started to connect with it when I was in my mid-teens and my mom was really dipping her toes into different spiritual modalities like Reiki and meditation and different forms of energy work. And through that, she suggested to me that I could use meditation as a form to help me with my performance in hockey. So you could have told me to do anything (laughs) if it meant that I was going to be a better hockey player. So at the age of 16, 17, I actually had a regular meditation practice. And that for me was probably where my interest or relationship with spirituality really started because I could just feel that difference in presence that I had when I did meditate or I could have some really expansive experiences in a meditative state. And through that evolution, through consistent meditation, through looking into different lenses of spirituality, that's really become my relationship with it today is I will consistently meditate and you and I both love floating and it's almost Mm -hmm. like the it's the practices that get us to unidentify with the voice in our head yeah that's huge that we call spiritual huge I think so many people walk around thinking that the the nonstop stream of thinking, they're thinking about their thinking. <laughs> the nonstop the nonstop narrative in their head is their identity. That's who they are. And 
for me through meditation, through different modalities, being able to shift my identity from the thinker to the witness of what's going on inside my head, that's really what allows me to step into a more powerful presence and really have a better connection with the present moment. And to your point, that's not something you get in a church. That's not something you read in a book. That's just something you can tap into at any waking moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting how, again, at least for us, it's spirituality shows up when we remove ourselves from the identity of us. Mm -hmm. Spirituality, like my most profound moments are when I don't even really feel like me at all. I'm just kind of this being in the world and I'm like thinking about how cool it is that there is a world at all and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling how good it feels to just fill my lungs up with air and I'm listening to all the different sounds and like getting curious about how they even go into my ears and turn into noise and there's no Claire there in that moment in Mm -hmm. the way that is like useful in a normal day where it's useful to have problems and try to solve them and you know try to do the things that I want to do in the world little old Claire Bear spirituality is sitting amongst that all and just appreciating life for what it is and isn't that what people want most but feel like there's something they have to do to get there when the irony is it's the undoing that gets you there yeah I think most people will agree that they want to experience peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Whenever you ask someone, why do you want this relationship or this uh, increased income or this health? Peace of mind is really a common answer. Freedom. Freedom. But I think it's actually peace from mind. It's almost stepping. It's that that distancing between your awareness and the constant experience of being Claire, the constant experience of being Sam. I remember hearing a Buddhist quote once and it was, life is conflict, death is peace. Mm. And through my, like this might sound kind of dark, I don't think it should, but I, I get now how those moments that I'm aware, but it's almost like I don't exist anymore. It's like the pure medita- meditative state where, like you said, Claire isn't there. It's mm-hmm. you're you're just stepping into this abyss of awareness. That's where true peace is, and you can step into that at any moment. It's not this far off destination that you're gonna get when you make a million make a million dollars, or when, when you, you get married, or when you have kids. Yeah. It's you can step into that at any time, and. The distinction that I've made for myself, and this is really the utility of this spiritual lens that I think I've been able to create over the past few years, is I no longer trick myself into thinking I'm going to be happy when this happens. I'm going to be happy once I complete this or tick this off or cross this off. Rather, I now see this state of peace as almost a daily dose that I can give myself through meditation or through different spiritual practices where I... I know I always have that tensionless, peaceful state that I can slip into. 
And I also know if I want to make anything big happen, it needs to, I'm going to have to sit in the discomfort. I'm going to have to sit in the conflict, which is where kind of our other practices of rigorous exercise or cold immersion. Conscious struggle. Yeah. I, I think that skill is equally, if not more important than being able to consistently access peace and meditative states mm-hmm. and, and those tensionless states. Balance between the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's important to have a balance. But that's really the difference now is now I see that as a state that I have access to whenever I need it. It's almost like a tool in my tool belt, mm-hmm. but it's not this distant future of, oh, once this happens, like I'm not striving to get there because I know that it's more of a reductive state. It's from reducing your activity. It's from reducing your mental um, busyness. It's from reducing whatever you're doing right now to where you can just sit in nothing. And it's not a state of trying to find the truth of something, right? No, not not at all. Oh, what's the right thing to do? Yeah, I often, I have a buddy of mine who kind of thinks in this thought loop of always trying to find the right answer when it comes to spirituality. And my take on it is if you're really focused on finding truth, you will miss out on the usefulness of spirituality because you can, you could sit a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew and a Buddhist Mm -hmm. all in a room and they'll all tell you that they find spirituality very helpful and useful and they will all disagree completely on what the truth is. I kind of maintain the belief that we're not capable of understanding the truth. Like the human brain isn't designed to... It's not wired that way. It's not wired that way. And rather you can still get usefulness in spirituality without getting hung up on the truth. Because I think you completely miss the the gold of spirituality when truth is your number one priority. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we, we, we are not equipped to understand truth. And that is, that's evident in seeing you know, how many different religions there are, everyone thinks they have the truth, yet they're all completely different. So, um, I'm a big proponent of spirituality and I think it's very useful. I just think some people unfortunately miss out on that usefulness when trying to find the right answer is they're really what they're out to do. I can see the same thing happening too in like the practices where spirituality shows up in our lives. Like take meditation, for example. If you sit down to meditate with, from the frame of mind where you're trying to do it a certain way, you are guaranteed to yeah, not find Yeah, what's the peace. right way to do it? <laughs> like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? The whole time you're just going to sit there either wondering if you're doing it right or wishing you were doing it different. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you go in with an open mind and just allow it to be whatever it is, then that's when you find peace. Or mm-hmm. same thing with floating. Like, I have talked to so many people who go floating and they get out of the tub before the hours up because they get bored mm-hmm. they're like well yeah i just got bored mm-hmm. it's like are you kidding me i went in that tank and i felt like i was floating in the universe yeah. and seeing the cosmos mm-hmm. like my heart exploding with while love. you're having an out-of-body like, experience they're twiddling their thumbs thinking, yeah. like, am, I, am i doing this right like, oh, uh, i'm kind of squirmy yeah yeah 
it's so so interesting how just that mindset that like little bit of keeping an open door to oh maybe it could be this way or Mm -hmm. maybe it could be that way can really really profoundly impact the result that you get Mm -hmm. i think exactly that having the ability to think maybe i don't i'm completely wrong about everything is so helpful Mm -hmm. because it's that our egos are constructed to help us make sense of the world and when you're open to the idea that maybe you don't know anything at all maybe everything you know is completely wrong it allows you to let go of your ego more easily than if you were like no this is this is the way it is this is the truth could you imagine the whole world like communicating from that mindset rather than oh like like, everyone trying to everyone being like no no no, you're wrong maybe (laughs) no if if people like let's say a presidential debate like could you imagine a presidential debate where you know you know maybe you are right actually good points here's everything i believe and also maybe it's all bs Mm -hmm. maybe we'll see that in the 2020 presidential debate it'd be funny i'm not gonna bank on that no i would (laughs) if there is not put money on that if the world is still around for that november so Connie's how it shows up in our lives. We talked about meditation. We talked about floating. These are things we will always talk about. And also we have some close friends that have said their experiences with psychedelics are the most spiritually profound experiences of their lives. And it's really cool to see some of the ongoing research that are going into uh, molecules like psilocybin or molecules like LSD where they're using it in... Uh, with patients, terminal cancer Mm. patients that have severe end-of-life anxiety. And they can have these experiences with these compounds and that completely releases any existential angst that they were experiencing before. And patients with depression and anxiety. um, I've heard too people who like really can't quit smoking. Mm -hmm. That's been a useful case for it. Yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff coming up in in that research being re-dug up yeah. from the 60s. Yeah, it'll be really cool to see what happens with that in the next few years. I'd say something else that I definitely don't want to end this episode without is my take on church now. Mm. Because church obviously used to be like actual church for me. That used to be a place I would go and particularly through music I really really loved the music and the element of the entire community like singing together and that would bring about this just sense of really deep like love and connection Mm -hmm. and while I haven't been to church in Toronto since we've moved here I still would enjoy going with my family it's not like I'm against church no Mm -hmm. um I still would enjoy it but now I really truly find that same exact, if not deeper sense of just like love and connection when I sit and meditate on the roof, right. when I breathe and watch the sunset, when I connect with nature, when I listen to music and allow myself to just be in stillness. I just well up mm-hmm. with love and that's where I feel like from that place, I'm able to then go out and pour that cup out for you and for my friends and for my community mm. and for the world that ultimately I want to serve at the end of the day. Cool. 
How about when you're at a club at 3 a.m. listening to Deep House music? Is that also a is place that where also you're my filling up your cup? That's a different kind of cup, I yeah. think. <laughs> Unfortunately, that'll be closed for the next few months. The, so we'll, you'll have to rely of, on the yeah. other churches that you've got. That is the cup of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and dancing. Church of vibes. Shuffling. The uh, converse. Amazing. Amazing. Well... I think there's a lot more to uncover as we unpack more our spiritual path because I'm sure it's just ever shifting and ever changing. Maybe we'll have your mom on the podcast oh, at some point. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be amazing. so fun. Stephanie Johnston. Yeah. She could tell us all about what the energies, the intergalactic energies are doing. I would love to know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you and Stephanie um, could have your own podcast. (laughs) I'll just take the day off and you guys can Maybe we can invite my aunt on, Retrograde, yeah. We can talk about what the ghosties are up to. That'd be a pretty Tarot cards have in store. Oh, there's a lot here, guys. Get ready. That's all I gotta say. We're about to get extraterrestrial. (laughs) We're about to. And (laughs) paranormal. Okay, I think we should sign out on that yeah. note <laughs> before this goes before too far. Before we get too ghosty. Should we close out with another sip? No. Or are you out? No, that's not no, what we do. We, we don't do that. Never mind. We don't do that here. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for coming by. We hope we to love see you ya. soon. Peace. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>